Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Today we sit down with Levante Stewart, the director of Lost Boys. Lost Boys is an organization on the south side of Chicago that uses baseball and softball to welcome student athletes in. And while they are under the supervision and direction of Levante and his staff, they learn really vital life lessons, character development ideas um, constantly, they learn strategies for academic success, a whole bunch of good things. Levante graduated from Chicago State, earned his master's degree from Paul University, where he was part of the National Honor Society for Public Administration. He really knows this stuff. Levante served in politics for years at a number of levels across the state of Illinois, but mostly focused on Chicago. Uh, he currently resides in South Shore, which is where he grew up. Uh, he lives there with his wife and three children. We met Levante one day down at the Lost Boys HQ and struck a great friendship, a great relationship. The guy is absolutely using the platform of athletics to its full potential. We always have a good time talking to him. We had a great conversation and we hope you enjoy. Hey guys. Um, we met you through an organization called Lost Boys. We think really highly of it and if you don't mind, could you give us a, like a brief synopsis of it? Yeah, absolutely, Jim. Well, we think highly of you guys, too. I appreciate that. We have a good athlete project. But, um, yeah, so Lost Boys is basically a youth development organization, uh, specifically sports-based youth development, using the platforms of organized baseball and fast-pitch softball. Um, we use them as the platform. It's the hook, really, to get the kids. And then once we get them in, the program and expands um, to include civic engagement, academic enrichment, uh, cultural enrichment, and service learning. So, you know, we, we try to use this platform um, as a good model for relationship building, positive uh, relationship building. More specifically, mutually beneficial relationship building. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of the kids that we engage um, we're kind of anecdotally fine and have a lot of toxic relationships and even the, you know, the strands that should be the strongest at home with parents mm -hmm. or siblings or, you know, really close family or friends. So we found this to be a very um, effective medium to uh, reach the kids, you know. Baseball is just a mystical sport. Yeah. No, I agree. I love that. I love... Um Sports-based youth development, I like that tag, and I like that you, um, we think of it as, as the same way, it's an entry point to other things, right? Maybe like someone who is, who is around toxic relationships or, or hungry for a certain sort of modeling and isn't finding it in certain ways might be resistant if someone came in, if you, and you, if you said that to someone, you, you could picture going up to an adolescent and saying like, hey, that's not going well, let me tell you how this should go, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They'd back off, at least the people that I... No, probably myself at that age, I'd, I would back off. I'd not be open to that. Mm -hmm. But if you welcome someone and be like, hey, why don't we go down to the park and play for a while mm -hmm. uh, and bring them in through like an, you know, an almost an unassuming way, a very welcoming way, um, and then do other things while there. I mean, that's massive. That's using the platform to its fullest extent. Right. Um, what, is, can you, what, is, what are some of the things that you do while, while they're there? Yeah, so... Uh, Naturally, of course, we know they 
they uh, participate and uh, in competitive baseball and mm -hmm. softball and they How train. many teams do you have? Uh, we're up to eight teams now. That's so awesome. we're up to eight, up from six last year, which was probably up from four the year before. So kind of, kind of, you know, picking up like two so teams a year yeah. the last couple of years. Um, not enough to constitute a league. We're a member of a league, mm -hmm. uh, which was a strategic move anyway, right? We initiated, initially started a league, but found that a little bit more arduous in terms of trying to just get it going and, sure. and pulling in the amount of kids you would need to really run a, a effective uh, league. So besides that, you know, the kids are doing the tutoring. Uh, the older kids, we're trying to get them connected to high school and the college. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, this is where Good Athlete Project is right. starting to come in for us big time um, and helping the older kids. And just really, it's about getting them out the neighborhood and exposing them to other cultures uh, for the future. Again, right, they got to have these relationships. They need to um, have relationships outside of the homogenous group that mm -hmm you know, they socialize in on a daily basis. Sure. Uh, get out of their comfort zone some and, and you know, and learn about yeah. other people. Sure. Um, so that's kind of the broad perspective of the other things that we're doing. And then it gets more narrow, right? And, you know, we have the cultural aspect where we're learning to, learning to learn about other people's cultures, mm -hmm. subcultures, their norms, their mores. Yeah. Um, all of these things, right? Kids don't have no clue about. Right. Uh, or they don't really key in on these these things um, and having an appreciation for it right and mm -hmm. and even going a step further how to maybe incorporate that some of, of that into their own lives right and you know having those connections mm -hmm. so that we also connect with the service learning in their own community and mm -hmm. learning about giving and doing for others and that, that kind of spills over right sometimes yeah. you get where we're doing other projects and other communities for other people that don't look like us um, mm -hmm. versus always being on the receiving end of someone coming into the community sure. doing projects for them. Right. Right. So now they're learning to be givers more than takers. I love that. Will you tell us, I mean, we've got to get to that, the badges game in a second, but can you tell us about, um, you mentioned the homogenous area. Yeah. Can you tell, for someone who doesn't know Chicago, very well. What can you tell us about the area? Well, man, I think it's probably no surprise to America that Chicago is the most, yeah, the most the segregated out there. Yeah. city <laughs> in the nation yeah, uh, and has been for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, what's the really sad part about that is that uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? So this, this segregation of Chicago was one, intentional. Mm -hmm. um, and then secondly, out of the intention came a byproduct that's now causing a spillover effect to other communities. And that's where we come in and start talking about like mm -hmm. urban violence. Right. Um, that was a byproduct, right? That sure, wasn't sure. intended probably to really occur uh, with the, the segregation that was intentional. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why you get this narrative that there's a tale of two cities in Chicago, right? Where we're right. in now is, you know, this is the magical end of Chicago. And where I'm at, that's kind of the belly of the beast. Right. Um, and so, you know, you have, well, people like to sensationalize the contrast of the two communities. But right. what, what really, really should be the story, though, honestly, mm -hmm. um, is apps 
actually the um, the the missed commonalities that the two Chicago's or the various communities actually share the things that unite us as Chicagoans that make us stand out different from a Bostonian or a New Yorker or California you know someone you know LA person from LA um there's just a grit about Chicagoans I don't care if you're from the north side west side Cubs fan Sox fan um you know so and that's that's uh I think one of the big things about Chicago but in that uh we're very loyal people in Chicago I think we're loyal to what we identify with and that's also a bad thing in Chicago because that's where it keeps the community so homogenous. You know, we're used to what we know, we love what we know, and we just kind of lock into our spaces and, you know, in our comfort zones with our own. Um, That is so... And we don't venture out like we should. That's so interesting to be... Right, because there is, like, it's so... There is a fierce loyalty about Chicagoans to Chicago, uh, but instead of being to Chicago, it's usually, like, their little corner of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, That's so interesting. You said a lot of good stuff right there. I don't yeah. even know which one to pick up. We gotta. We'll have to. I, I don't even know. I, that's freaking awesome, though. The spillover. So you mentioned the sensationalizing uh, components of it. Yeah. I think that's really important because I think some things that have come up, like I think it's so important that the media highlights the issues. I, I think that's the media's job, I guess, to some point is not necessarily to solve, but yeah. to shine a bright light on issues that right. exist. Right? Absolutely. Um, and I guess w- when you say sensationalized that really kind of piques my interest because sensationalization does get more clicks gets more click throughs and stuff like that but what would you say the truth of um the people that you deal with on a day-to-day basis like what is what is the truth of the lost boys the people that you interact with um what is chicago about them what is good about them uh, and what what are you trying to bring out as we move them uh, as we move people along to the right. college level and, and stuff like and for the rest of their lives whatever they decide to do. Right. It, it's funny you asked that too, Jim, because I was on my way back from Springfield last night and I was on the phone with my office manager and we were just having a discussion about a meeting that had occurred. They had to all attend and uh, so he's just having this discussion on one of the staff members and how that particular person is effective, but they need to work on their professionalism, their delivery sometimes yeah. in these meetings and yeah. whatever about that. And so it just got my wheel spinning, right? Because it's like, as I'm listening to it and I'm thinking about it and I'm knowing he's right in what he's saying, uh, depending on who you put in the room, you have to, uh, your response has to be different for your audience to mm-hmm. elicit the the response that you want back, yeah. the favorable response, right? We talk about the difference between being right and being effective. And right. If you want to be effective, you got to do a little bit of that. You got yeah. to read the room a little bit. Yeah. And so that's, I think, when I put that in context of Lost Boys, I think that's what makes Lost Boys Lost Boys and what makes us that, it's that gritty Chicagoan about us that, yeah, we recognize and know, for example, that the professionalism, that side that's required in this business, because, you know, make no mistake about it, nonprofit, no matter how altruistic, whatever mm-hmm. one wants to say, at the end of the day, it's a business. Yep. And if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. Right. right? At the <laughs> end of the day, we still need six figures yeah. to operate this thing. We still have to hire and begin now to pay people. We still have to, you know, look at all of these capital, exp- all of this stuff, right, this business stuff. And so when you start looking at it in that box, I think you get mission creep and you start leaving away from your mission because you're so focused on being this pristine mm-hmm. business where you're managing your brand and you want to keep it unblemished. And so you're always worried about this. And now you're filtering the communications and what's mm-hmm. coming out of your group and your organization. And 
and it's not real. It's not necessarily yeah. as raw. And so I think that's what's different about us is we kind of have, at Lost Boys, we just, we have this way, and it, it probably starts with me, where intrinsically you're going to get the grit. When, I, when I'm at your table, you're going to get me. I'm not going to cold mm -hmm. switch. I'm not going to be this Levante for you. And then if you guys roll down on me in the neighborhood, I'm a whole nother Levante. Right. When you see me over there, it's the same one we that's at your table right now, right? <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't true. matter right. which audience. If I'm with right. your, bu your, buddy, your boys or with my boys, yeah. you're going to get the, the same guy. Um, and I think too often in the nonprofit world, just like in the business arena, that can change. Uh, that mm -hmm. set of circumstances can, uh, or that focus can draw, drive an organization because, you know, they're so worried about appearance. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, and it, at the end of the day, it, it just, that's centered on vanity, right? Yeah. And, and it, it, but it's a necessary thing because these organizations got to eat. And right. uh, so you got to sell yourself. Your product has to be, your brand has to be nice. Your product has to be nice. People have to buy into yep. to what you got going. So I think that's one of the things that uh, makes us unique is we care, but we don't care. We, right. we are who we are. You're going <laughs> to get what that. you're going to get. If there's complaints, fine. We'll look at yeah. it. We'll try to see how to address it as an organization, as individuals, mm -hmm. how to improve it. But I, I'm not going to concern myself too much with it, right? No. Um, stay focused on the mission. So that's one thing. And then back to that fierce loyalty. So, you know, the culture at Lost Boys is a, is really about, man, is 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 God family baseball. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and it's in that order. And country, yeah. we can't forget that. But, you yeah. know, so those are the things right there. So that mix is that fierce Chicago mm -hmm. loyalty right there, right? Um, commitment to some higher power, it gives purpose to what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it becomes bigger than us as individuals. And then it's not a force of my higher power is just it and that's it. Right. You know, whatever one's higher power is, mm -hmm. is acceptable in our circle. Um, right. And celebrated in, 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 you know, we celebrate each in their own way. Um, so we kind of got this band of, of misfits and, you know, we just, and it is, and we kind of come together. And that's why I tell people I'm the, the chief lost boy because, I mean, you could take my criminal record and throw it off this porch and uh, it might roll in a garbage can. So, you know, but I'm not ashamed about it. Sure. It, it, it makes me who I am. Um, you put pressure on a, on a piece of coal and it becomes a diamond. I'm simplifying it, but, right? <laughs> I like so, it, yeah. Um, and that's what you're getting. That's what I'm finding all around Lost Boys. And mm -hmm. that's what's really making it unique is these, these lumps of coal that a lot of people have kind of written off, thrown off, and these are the kids. This could be the staff. This could be some of the volunteers because, you know, we look at that too. Who's coming mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. um, to help? Yeah, we want that batch of people with that experience or that knowledge or professionals or people from outside of the community. But we want people too from inside of the community who mm -hmm. have been hurt, have been written off. Um, who still have something to offer, who still, you know, bring something to the table despite their own circumstances. Right. Right. So that's how it started with me. Despite my own circumstances to the world around me, you know, everybody thought life was just great with me, and, you know, life wasn't necessarily great. It was at yeah. points in time where, you know, my family, we were on food stamps while running Lost Boys, you know, yeah. struggling to, to make ends meet, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, but that didn't stop the show. Right. So that's what makes us different, man. Well, so I'm, I'm going to, okay. Dude, you can't keep talking about so many good things yeah. in one breath. It's hard to, yeah, I it's amazing. Yeah, I'm starting no, to you're not. Them up. It's good. Um, 
Okay, so here's the thing. That last thing especially, I got to hang on that. Because you mentioned the word grit. And then you mentioned that what you just did. Yeah. And grit in, uh, in certain circles is looked on very highly. In certain circles, it's become a controversial term, mostly because it's been misused and misapplied. Right. But there is a, uh, the Character Lab out at Penn, run by Angela Duckworth. They try to track grit. Nice. And uh, grit, in their definition, is passion and perseverance for long-term goals. So essentially what you just, like the, the last thing you just said, like essentially you went through the stuff to make this dream happen. You know what I mean? Right. Like it wasn't pretty from point A to point B. There are moments where on food stamps things weren't going that well, but it was almost like the light at the end of the tunnel that keeps pulling you along. And certain people have more of a knack for that than others. And that's one of one of the things that she was trying to study. A lot of her stuff, her, she was only, uh, and this is a distinction that they make in their research, is they only deal with high achievers and they don't want to cross the line of, of saying to someone who's like impoverished or something like that, hey, just be gritty. That, which sadly is something that like some knuckleheads at certain schools have tried to do, mm -hmm. like it, misinformed doing that. But like what they study is like, okay, so you're a West Point cadet. What is a differentiating factor whether or not you're going to make it through boot camp and all that kind of stuff? Right. And, it, and for so many people, it was exactly that. It was this dream of something in the distance and the, willing, the willingness to, to like slog it out, kind of knowing that you just keep working on what's called, Hunters uh, Erickson calls it a deliberate practice routine, like deliberate practice, getting incrementally there mm -hmm. with that vision kind of moving you toward the future. Anyway. Uh, I you used that word. I wasn't nice. sure if that's what you're talking about specifically, but yeah, I had to connect it. You gotta, you gotta send me that. I, I will. To, I, need to I read definitely that. will. I definitely will. Um, uh, and then the other thing they keep bringing up, we're trying to do that too. So we called our thing the Good Athlete Project. Um, we wanted to double it. Like we want people who want to be good athletes because yeah. those are usually the people who see who are motivated. Who like, yeah. they want to they want to get in the weight room. They want to get out on the field. They're willing to. Pre they're the Michael Jordans of the world. Right. Right. They want to be that. But the good athlete is like. Um, we're, you know, two meanings of the word with the power of that platform, with these people that are so driven, we want to make sure that we're inserting good and, and driving, steering that whole thing toward good. Um, in order to do that, now I'm talking too long, we, uh, but, no, no, no. but in order to do that, we have to do, I think what you were just saying, which is, um, like you have to be honest. You have to be, there's gotta be like, it can't be squeaky clean. Right. You know what I mean? If you are, if you're all like saccharine sweet, you know what I mean? Yeah. People don't, that might work. No offense to whoever might like give a grant to the Good Athlete Project or the Lost Boys, but like that might work for grant writing and things like yeah. that. But like it's not going to work for a human being. No. You right. know what I mean? People see right through it and you brought, and not to over academic, make it over academic, but uh, Emerson, at one of his favorite quotes, we put it, he, he, one of his favorite, one of my favorite quotes of his is truth is handsomer than the affectation of love. So being <laughs> honest is better than like faking nice, right. right? Truth is handsomer than the affectation of love. Your good must have some edge to it, else it is not. That's like, that was, he said that years and years and years ago, and it's just like, it just holds true. Because right. that's essentially what we're saying. On that whole thing though, so we mentioned, okay, so we use the power and the drive of people who want to be good athletes to welcome into a space and kind of point that energy in the right direction. Um, the badges game, what was, what was it called? What was the name of that event? Uh, uh, Beyond the Badge. Beyond the Badge. Yeah. So we were down. We came down to check that out. Will you tell us a little bit about it? Explain oh, yeah, for certainly, certainly. So Beyond the Badge was kind of this culminating event. It was really this, just this appreciation barbecue. Mm -hmm. 
uh, an appreciation and a celebration of local law enforcement. So third and fourth district uh, Chicago police. So those are the districts you know that serve our community. Mm -hmm. And so prior to that, the past previous two years, uh, we had intentionally programmatically began to address from our civic engagement arm of programming the relationship between kids of color and cops. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason we wanted to take it was because unlike many so-called activist groups in my community and communities like mine, they're nothing but social pimps that look to exploit for their own gain you know, certain crises or issues that are going on in the community at the moment. So in other words, it's not about continuing to bash the police. We know the problem that exists with black men, black boys, and the police. Mm -hmm. This existed for generations. Right. You know, the police were created as a slave patrol. So it was all started to marshal in and control black men. Um, so, you know, we don't have to keep beating it over the head. We know what the issue is, so how do we begin to address it? Right. And that's what we wanted the kids to look at was, man, you know, don't buy into kind of the propaganda, you know, that whole conversation. That's been done over and over and over. What are you going to do about it? Right? Um, it's, it's like a metaphor or an, uh, kind of an analogy is like a bully. You got to find an uh, ultimate solution for your bully other than killing them, or you guys are going to continue to fight every day, every day, every time you see each other until you bring in some kind of mediator, somebody that can help these two find, uh, you know, common ground. And usually it's a friendship that, right, that yeah. solves the issue. It, you sure. end up being a friend with the guy that was your bully or the girl that was your bully. So I think in this instance, that's what we tried to do with that situation, right? Instead of continuing to... Um, compound the pain and the rift between the two, we wanted to kind of start mending it, right? So yeah. um, we started programming with them. And mm -hmm. they were coming in, they were talking to the kids, we were doing role playing, um, just kind of hashing all of this stuff out. And again, having these raw, real yeah. conversations, I mean, real, where the kids were just laying it yeah, out yeah. there and for the sure. cops were just laying it out there being honest. You know, letting the kids know for mm -hmm. sure why as a white male cop, I will pull you over if I see you, you know, as a young black man. This is why I may decide to pull you over. And this is where I may have some bias from my life and my experiences. Hmm. Um, so we had those real That's happening in conversations. Is that happening at Lost Boys? CBS yeah, that, that's, what, that's what happened a couple of years through Lost yeah. Boys. Um, and when I say that, to, to give clarity to it, um, the cops saying that, and not saying like a negative bias. I'm mm -hmm. saying, let's, again, we got to have real raw conversation. Honestly, guys, Yeah. you know, let's be real. You, you have a way, if we did a quick game of words and I threw things out, images would pop in your head. You know that game, if I asked you, yeah. Alex, if I said, uh, start throwing stuff out and you tell me the first thing come to mind, yeah. mm -hmm. we all got that these preconceived notions about each other. So, that's, you know, yeah. that's what exists. And so we want the cops to be able to, see beyond those notions and that had to happen in these conversations and beyond the conversations started home visits now i had cops that Seriously. were stopping by on their own time to see the kids that they had met and been working with in the program yeah. and sometimes they bring them school supplies or you know uh something that they saw that was a need the kid may not have asked for it but they saw that it was a need and so they brought it they didn't come and tell me they didn't tell anybody it was the kid ended up letting me know about these exchanges or the parent so that's that was a byproduct yeah. 
That was not in, intentional. Right. The cop took the cops took it beyond what was intended. They kept going. Right. And so uh, the next year we continued working with them in other ways and getting them out on the field and just interacting. And so we actually seen improvement in hard numbers when it came to our particular youth, right? Yeah. So arrests are down. Yeah. Uh, the engagement is now uh, different when they see one another. Mm -hmm. um, so all of that happened, and all of that's to say, and I didn't talk long again, mm -mm. at the end of it, we wanted to celebrate them. We wanted to counter the narrative and make yeah. them feel good because it's enough going on right now to make them feel bad every day they put that vest on, put that badge on, and step out and put their lives on the line. And, you know, just to be called a bastard or looked yeah. down upon by the same very people you're trying to serve. Right. Um, so we wanted to give them a reason to feel good, to edify them, to uplift them. Um, and it was, and it, it was healing for everybody, for yeah. parents, for the kids. You know, it was this badge exchange where the kids gave the cops a little gift, a little goodie bag with a little right. baseball, some candy in it, just a little token. And the cops, we had them pin mm -hmm. badges on the kids. Mm -hmm. So it was just a great day. Music, you know, games, jumping food, bean, food, uh, conversation yeah, still happened. Yeah, yeah. uh, softball <laughs> games, cops yeah. versus the community, cops won. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it was great. At the end of that day, the thing, you know, again, that's not always sensationalized, the thing that continued to emerge and it made me the happiest was hearing these kids of all age ranges and all grade levels potentially start thinking about careers in law enforcement. That jumped out to me massively. From all the conversations we had, uh, and I, I don't know if we, it, it's appropriate to name a kid's name or anything yeah. like that, but like you've got a kid who wants to go, who come through Lost Boys, wants to go play baseball in college, is, right, am I right, yeah. someplace down in Kansas, a college down in Kansas, and was talking about studying criminal justice. Right. Talking about like reinventing a narrative. And that's like, I, we gotta, since we brought it up, we, sh we need to talk about it because that's so much of what we're about is yeah. like, um, we wanna have like really honest, well-considered conversations. And one thing I think that we've connected on from the very start from that first day when we came out to see you guys was you, people have to be willing to engage in the conversation. Right. And like, it is absolute human nature. Like this, this is a, a truth of neurobiology is that we see and we, and we, um, I don't know if bias would be the right word, but we, but we generalize, right? Like um, the human brain does not have the capacity to continually reevaluate its, its circumstances. Meaning like I know certain things about the table because, you know what I mean? I can put my mug on it mm -hmm. confidently mm -hmm. because I've had enough experience with a table that my brain has just encoded that. Now, right. if I encounter a different sort of table, you know what I mean? Where there's notches for, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then I have to like reevaluate. But if I'm not forced to reevaluate, then I just hold the assumption of the table as table. Right. And one thing that you said is like, I, I think it's so interesting to hear that um, you brought um, the cops in to share their communities and they address their bias. They're like, listen, this is what we've seen and this is why we have sometimes have a knee-jerk reaction to assume X, Y, or Z and what you're doing. I don't want to overstate anything, but I think you're at least from, from what we've observed making pretty significant strides in reinventing that conversation, even if it's only on like a one-to-one -one or few-to-few -few level at the start. Because like like you said, so now you've taken that person, what the hell, like if I get pulled over, I'm pissed off. You know what I mean? So I, I would assume that cops don't have a ton of positive interactions <laughs> to begin with, you know, I respect what they're right. their life. I, I, so now, but now they do. Right. Now they have an entire community of people who they shared like who they shared food, music, games, 
and like a literal exchange of gifts with, mm -hmm. you're talking about like, you're taking away a default setting, you know? Right. So where one might have had a default setting, a series of assumptions that was just based on their experience, we're, you've given everyone involved a chance to reinvent that. Right. And that is a freaking powerful thing. Yeah, and what's really cool is that's happening around other communities. I mean, you know, I'd love to take credit for doing it first. I can't, of course. Um, I know we were early adapters in it, mm -hmm. but... Um, yeah, and that's the other thing. We don't worry about if our story gets out every time what we're doing. Um, but, you know, I, I'm happy when I hear these other stories. It's the same thing. You know, cops that are starting baseball leagues and they're, they're getting this support and funding, like one of our partners, uh, Chicago Baseball, Edu Baseball and Education Academy, CBEA, down at UIC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard. With yeah. Uh, Eric Davis, Miriam Elric, uh, Curtis Grandison of the New York Mets. So, you know, they're really pushing that and it's giving uh, urban kids more access, um, you know, and so it's just amazing um, the doors that are being opened through that. So they've partnered, you know, and let the police league come down there and have their championship game. And, nice. Uh, so, you know, there's other activities are, that are going. It's not just baseball with cops. So anyway, just it's nice to be a part of that positive wave that's kind of uh, moving. And so, yeah, back to your original question the end of the day that's what that event was all about and i know just talking with those cops and you know and i was talking to them and I'm, I'm telling them genuinely hey man we appreciate you we love you um and you know it's not a word just to be used lightly and it's used with with meaning uh for me you know it's catholic school catholic sports so i have a that agape understanding of love right yeah and no one you know we're not perfect but um I think at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing I try to share with the kids and the parents and the staff and volunteers at Lost Boys and those that engage with us at large. It's just about sharing that love, man. In whatever way that love manifests itself. Like right, right now, we sharing love, you know. I'm um, breaking bread with you at your table. Not literally, we share, share coffee. coffee. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, you're comfortable to let me within your three feet space. Yeah. And that's love, you know. Yeah. Um, no matter how short or how long we've already known each other, we've connected in, mm -hmm. in, a, in a way that I feel like if I call one of you guys on a personal level and I needed some help with something and I said, hey, guys, uh, I feel like you jump up and be like, yo, man, I'm on my way. You got a flat. You need some help. Hey, we on our way. Um, and vice versa. You know, if you guys call, you know, grab Frank or Cooper and, you know, we be flying that way, whoever. I appreciate um, it. <laughs> and it, it's just not just us, man. And not trying to digress too much, but looking – on a national and a local level, global even, at what's going on. It's like, man, we just need a little more love going right. on, man. It's a lot of damn hate right now. And uh, I, Dr. King said it best, man. Uh, you know, darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And light is love. And um, that's, that's what the message is, man. That's what it's about at the end of the day, man. It's, just, it's, it's crazy, yo. It's crazy the amount of hate that I see in the hood. And... Um, What's interesting about it is, though, and that's why you and I should be like a tag team, because, see, I can kind of get a layman's vision and then you articulate this very I'm social I'm ready. sound <laughs> way of putting it, and, and the two just blend together. Yeah, that's but, right. you know, it's just like, um, that's, yeah, it's, it's, now that I'm not young as I was and I'm not engaged in it, and I can pull away. Mm-hmm. You can see it, man. I, I totally believe and say, I'll get you going on some science again here, but I'll start talking about energy. 
-hmm. you know, this invisible energy around us and how it touches us and impacts us and our energy fields and how there's this consistent uh, fight for one another's energy, either we're sharing it or we're trying to take it and right. we don't even realize it. And right. it can be positive energy or it can be the negative energy. Mm -hmm. And I totally buy into all of that stuff, simplifying it yeah. in this conversation. But, sure. dude, it, I wish I could have 3D glasses because I feel like I could see it happening in my no neighborhood. Question. Like all of this negative energy and this fight, this fight for energy with, with people. Um, and we're not even subconsciously aware that we're always struggling for energy and for power with one another versus sharing it. You know what I mean? I'm giving you my energy and you feed me back yours and we're growing stronger and more vibrant together mm -hmm. versus fighting, you know, over the energy and depleting one another. And totally. So it, it, it's, uh, I know I digressed a whole no, lot no, no, there, no. but I mean, that's it. I think it's, all of it goes back to that. It hundred percent does social momentum, creating that kind of energy. That is a thing. There's no question. The difficult part is trying to show it. Right. So you yeah. say it's happening all around. It feels like something that does have to, like, it feels like something that cannot be, Scaled big, fast. Right. It's got to happen here and here and here. And then when it happens here, successfully here, 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 then the next three adopters right. go for it. You know what I mean? Because it does have to be seen, I think, first person to really, I think people would be open to that idea, mm -hmm. but even the people who are open-minded have to see it to make it work. And you, you talk about that. It's so funny. We, you know, uh, we do a lot of things. We, we strength and conditioning is one of, one of the ones we do, it, but it happens in any sport. Strength and conditioning, we, if, you wanna, if you could boil that down or condense it to just like a nugget, how often have we seen um, in the weight room someone do something, um, try something solo and couldn't do it for whatever reason and try it again with a coach around, maybe still couldn't do it, but you bring 30 people around them and they're cheering them on and they get, there's some mm, positive, there's some energy flowing yeah. in the room and all of a sudden they, they knock something out that they had no yeah. clue they're even capable of. Now, I'm like, I'm not suggesting, mm. I, that's probably on like the lowest level, the smallest version of it, just like one nugget of that, but it's truth. It like, right? Energy effects like even like, like, like your output, your physical output, your mindset, like right. in some, in some cases, very literally like your force production on the squat, yeah. you know, hypothetically. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how powerful that stuff is. And that's the kind of stuff, that, you know, when we first talked, we talked about this, like, that, that doesn't show up on, how do you explain that to a grant committee? Yeah. You know, right. how do you track yeah. that? Right. Right? How do you go to someone and say, hey, we're taking the energy of our immediate area and start and turning it this way. Right? Right. There's no numbers for it, you know, like, right. uh, uh, but it's really interesting to think about. And anyone who actually knows what they're talking about has, has probably felt it or been around it or, or right. wanted to feel it or want to feel more, whatever it may be. That's a fabulous so, point. It's interesting. Um, all right. Well, how are we doing on time? I, I could talk all night here. You, can I make a bold um, proclamation here? I think you and I both like to talk. Yeah. Is that fair? That's very fair. <laughs> I like it. I always like what we talk about, though, if that matters. Um, do you have those questions, Coach? I do have them. I have them up right now. How would you feel about, unless you, there's anything else specifically you want to talk about, we, uh, we can have the Coach Madonna lightning round where he's oh, yeah. some oh, the lightning round. and then not to be like light. come on i like but it. some uh just like a variety of of stuff that okay. he's interested in yeah and I'll, I'll give you short bursts back so you can stay on task i like it all right all right cool uh fondest high school or junior high sports moment oh man i was waiting on that one so <laughs> high school junior year south shore high school varsity baseball team 
had this girlfriend, won't say her name, so the wife won't get Fair. mad. <laughs> she had a twin sister. Her brother played with me, too. He was on the team, and my best friend that helped Star Lost Boys. We were all on the team. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, no, That's her brother good. was on the opposing team. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and uh, my best friend and her brother, they went to school together on that opposing team. We stole him from that team. So it was like this grudge game, but it was friendship. So I could draw a walk. I'm trying to be super cool, you know, and I'm trying to run down the first, but like in this really cool way, just get my swag on. It's the 90s. And my cleats were untied, and I tripped over my own shoestrings uh, and rolled the first base. But I was cool, man. I got up, dusted myself off in such yeah. a cool way, and stood on I first. Believe. But yeah, that's the fondest one, coach. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Trip on a walk in front of your Trip girlfriend. Trip on a walk. That's, that's not even not running. Not even trying to, you know, no. leg out a single. No. I like it. There's that authenticity. I like that. Uh, uh, first album you ever bought? Michael Jackson. Uh, very specific. We, My son and I were listening to it in the car the other night. Uh, I think it was Thriller. Love it. Really? No, no, not Thriller. It was the one before that. You know, the one where he was really cool with the leopard skin thing behind him and kind of laying down. You guys know. Everybody I don't know album, if I know that. Album cover. Not black and white. It was before that. Was it, before that I thought that was Thriller. Nah, that was before Thriller. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not first quite. album, Coach. First we'll concert, to too. Right, first look album. that up. First Include album. that in the show notes. I keep referencing show notes. We recorded a handful of these. I don't know what show notes are, but I know they <laughs> exist. Like, so if like we can reference that in yeah. the show notes, that'd be great. You're going to have a whole show on show notes then. There you go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Who would play you in a movie about your life? I like it. Man, I could not figure that question out. I was trying to think of young, handsome actors. <laughs> and uh, I was just trying to think of, like, what kid reminds me of me. So there's this young guy. He's a local talent, uh, Marcus Carruthers. And he actually has produced a couple of independent films, and acted in them, and I think, you know, kind of produced them. So look out for that guy. Uh, Vulture City and Vulture City 2. So find those movies, check them out. Right. It's an urban tale. Uh, but yeah, Marcus Carruthers. Right. Done. Um, all right, this is the, the last one I'll give you. What advice would you give to somebody, a uh, future leader who's about to embark on a similar journey that you have? Good question. I would say, yeah, great question. And I, I was really thinking of that answer. And I, again, I got to give it to you raw without really trying to be, you know, too conscious of how I answer it. Sure. Just honestly answering it from the heart, I would say be patient, trust the process, processes, but sometimes F the processes. You do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. That's good advice. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Trust them, but sometimes you got to say, you know. Right. Awesome. I love that. I, this is his time, so I don't want to take it. No. But, um, <laughs> But that's, so we, we a lot of the stuff we, we do boils down to self-reflection and accurate looking. Those are the, like, the, like there's no absolute right in the world. Right. I mean, depend, there are certain religions that I don't want to step on the toes on, but like, but it's like, do trust the process, but, but you got, you better, you should look hard at the process, right. especially if it's not the process that you wrote. It might be right. It might be slightly skewed. It might only need tinkering with, right? Mm -hmm. But, but self-reflection and accurate looking. I'm with that. And every now and then, F the process. Right. I'm okay with that. I like that. I like that a lot. All good? That's good, yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm going to say this. If you're okay with it, can we bring him back? Because we could talk all night. And Because I, I feel like there's <laughs> yeah. other stuff to talk about. Still. Yeah, no, there, I think um, this definitely requires a, a part two. Are you okay with that? Oh, man, dude, I'll come oh. back anytime y'all ask me. Now I know how to get here. 30-minute <laughs> <laughs> drive. I'm here. Just let Piece me know where. Yeah. 
I like it. We have to because there's all sorts of stuff coming up. I've, like our partnership, our relationship will continue. Um, you know, we can give updates about um, a lot of your kids who are going on to play baseball in college. We can we can talk about hopefully get some movement in in, in these test scores that we're talking about through the ACT MVP stuff yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then just some of the other initiatives that these guys have gone through. Would you okay with this? Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. And I think, I, yeah, we definitely need to sit down and talk again because there's so much good stuff right now that we have and so much good stuff that we didn't even like scratch the surface of. That's right. So, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate no it. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a beautiful night to be out. It really is. Glad to be here with the Good Athlete Project. Love you it. know. Today's episode is brought to you by Hand Armor Chalk, the official chalk of USA Weightlifting. You can find them at Hand Armor Chalk or at Team Hand Armor on Twitter and Instagram. For more on the Good Athlete Project, go to goodathleteproject.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Number Four Kindness. That's Coach for Kindness. And keep an eye out for our next episode.